As the recently revealed anthem breach proves, phishing attacks waged against corporate employees are getting more sophisticated, more targeted, and more successful, posing increasing dangers for the protection of corporate and consumer information. And Anthem is not alone. Over the last year, we have seen a number of high-profile breaches later traced back to the compromise of employee credentials linked to a phishing attack. The attack against one of Target's vendors, as well as the high-profile breach at J.P. Morgan Chase, both come to mind. Today, I'm joined by Dave Jevons, co-founder of the Anti-Phishing Working Group, to discuss what steps organizations should be taking in 2015 to protect their employees, customers, and data from the increasing risks phishing attacks pose, as well as explore why these attacks cannot be stopped. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So Dave, this topic about phishing is not new. You and I have discussed the uptick in phishing attacks as well as their increased sophistication for many years. But the Anthem breach seems to have put spear phishing attacks waged against employees in a new light. Why do you think the Anthem breach is getting attention that some of these other breaches didn't? Tracy, the Anthem breach is becoming emblematic of what we're seeing as far as the evolution of attacks against companies and their employees. Anthem breach, of course, disclosed information of over 80 million people, just like the J.P. Morgan Chase breach within the last year. So it's gotten a lot of attention. It's exposing a lot of people's information, like social security numbers, banking information. But it's highlighting a fundamental change we're seeing in the phishing landscape, which is there's a big decrease, almost 25% in phishing against just broad-based consumers trying to steal your PayPal account, trying to steal your Facebook. I mean, that's still big. Hundreds of millions of them go out a day, but it's gone down. The real risk here is a market increase in attacks against employees trying to basically only fish two, three, four, five employees and use that as a jumping off point to get into the enterprise, break in, and then steal data, breach systems, spread out to vendors that are connected to the enterprise. So Dave, you made a good point about the fact that you've seen an increase in the way these attacks are being waged against multiple employees. Of course, in the Anthem breach, more than one employee was allegedly compromised by the phishing attack that was waged against Anthem. So is this compromise of multiple employees becoming more common? It certainly is. The best phishing attacks target one employee. So for example, the JP Morgan Chase breach targeted one employee in the IT department who was tricked into giving out their password to a vulnerable machine inside the network and then they jumped in from there and compromised records. In the Anthem attack, it looks like five employees were targeted, fell for the spear phishing lure, gave out their passwords, and then that was the doorway into the system. But the most sophisticated attacks are very small numbers of employees. We find typically less than six. And Dave, you know, I, I guess I could make a logical leap here, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you to clarify. Why is it typically less than six? Why is targeting fewer employees often more successful? Tracy, it's much more successful to target a small amount of very focused employees because it helps the attackers evade detection. If they go out and hit 10, 20, 40, 50, 100 people inside of an enterprise, that's going to set off alarms. Someone's going to notice it and report it into IT. It's going to get detected by some sort of system, a, a, a typical email filtering system might say it's really weird to receive 100 or 200 emails from an IT address claiming to be the IT department and it isn't. But if one email is sent or five emails are sent, it's not going to trigger off almost any alarms because it's just such a small amount of signal and a large amount of noise. The key here is that the attackers have very detailed information about 
the companies that they're attacking. They know who works for whom. They know who's in IT security. They've mined social networking sites to find that information so they can create very credible targeted phishing attacks. Or they may have access through mobile devices to the active directory inside the company and know everyone in the company. And that gives them that very great ability to create very fine targeted attacks that will not set off security alarms. That's a great point, Dave. So let's take a step back and analyze this breach at Anthem just a bit. Phishing was the way in, but Anthem apparently was not doing enough to protect the data that it stored, housed, and or maintained at rest. Otherwise, the mere compromise of these credentials, whether it was one employee or multiple employees through a phishing attack, would not have resulted in the breach of data. So what would you say is the overarching lesson here? If we can't stop phishing, what should we be focused on? Well, I think we should talk about whether you can stop phishing at least against internal employees, but let's assume for the moment that you can't, and you can't never 100%. There's a couple of things to focus on here. The first one is two-factor authentication for internal systems. So assume employees will get phished. They will give out passwords. It will be targeted attacks against a few targeted employees, presumably in the IT department usually, you've got to have strong authentication against critical systems on the inside. This was true at Anthem. This is also true at JPMorgan Chase. They found a server that did not use two-factor authentication so they could use the username and password of the employee to get into that server. That's the first thing that needs to happen. Any internal server that has any connection inside the network to critical systems or is itself a critical system must have a two-factor authentication, meaning a username, a password, and an external device, an RSA token or another two-factor token, or a cell phone with authentication sent directly to it. That's the first thing. The second thing is, as you mentioned, data protection. So data needs to be encrypted inside the network, even in internal databases. Now, that only goes so far, because if an attacker comes in and just copies a database and can't get the encryption keys, then you're protected. However, Data encryption is a difficult issue because you have to have high-performance databases when you're dealing with 80 million customers' information. Encryption slows things down. It's a key management is an issue as well. If the attacker can steal the encryption keys, then encryption does nothing for you. So you should definitely deal with encryption of data inside the network, assuming someone's in. But let's stop people getting in by having a two-factor authentication to those internal systems. Okay, Dave, so let's go back to talk about the way you opened your response there, and that is, how could we stop these attacks from actually targeting employees in the first place? So, Tracy, in my view, there is no credible reason why anybody internal to the company should receive email claiming to be from the company with from addresses from the company that was sent from an external server. So the use of SPS and DKIM on your email server so that all outgoing email is authenticated and also all inbound email is authenticated and checked, particularly from your own domain, meaning if you get email in your servers that says it's from yourself and it didn't come from your own mail servers, you need to flag an automatic reject. Second thing, using reporting systems to be able to see what kind of emails, malicious emails are being sent on your behalf, either to your customers or to your employees. The best technology for that right now is the DMARC standard, which once you've authenticated email, it lets you manage and look at your bounces and where attacks are coming from to your employees and externally. Those are a couple of technologies that need to be implemented. Now, you can't 100% stop it because maybe someone doesn't send an email, for example, in the Anthem case, from Anthem.com, they send it from Anthem.info. So this 
starts to talk about the broader management of folks who are basically abusing your brand in order to trick your own employees. So do you think employee education would have played a role here, or is employee education just not really effective? Well, Tracy, I think employee education is an important piece of the puzzle. There is no silver bullet in stopping targeted social engineering and fishing against employees. But employee education is an important part of it. However, it needs to be ongoing. It needs to be well-informed. It can't just be something you think of and just do. It should use best practices. There are companies and nonprofits who can provide information on how to do that. We do see employee education can reduce response rates to targeted phishing by up to 80%. However, it will not solve the problem, and most companies don't do it very often very well. So then let's go back to talk about uh, some more of the technical things that companies could do to help prevent these emails from reaching employees to begin with. You mentioned DMARC. What about top-level domain naming? Do you see promise for either one of these initiatives where curbing phishing success is concerned? I think DMARC definitely can help, but the key here is with DMARC, you're getting a lot of information. It's almost like an intrusion detection system for email attacks. So you've got to have the technologies to be able to filter that information down, to understand the difference between an attack against your employees versus someone using your domain name to attack your customers with your domain name. So that's one challenge with DMARC. But I do encourage everybody to look into it, to implement it, to work with a service provider, for example, to get started on using DMARC to, to detect these attacks. Regarding top-level domain names, there's been a number of proposals to create top-level domain names for groups of companies to move into. And one of the most widely known one is the .bank concept, where banks would all move to a .bank domain name. Only banks could register under .bank domain. The problem with something like that is the cat's already out of the bag. Everyone's using .com. They can't stop using .com. So .bank doesn't really help the problem. It doesn't restrict everyone into banking for example, and then anything from .bank you can trust, it actually makes the problem slightly more complicated. And in fact, the explosion of top-level domains over the last 24 months has created a very big problem for companies in monitoring phishing against employees because now there are hundreds of domain registrars. It's not just .com, .info, .org, .net. There's .car and .XXX and .io and there's you know, .name and all these other domains now that are exploding. Those domain registrars, many of them are small companies that have very little security capability. So anyone can register your company name at one of these little top domain registrars. So it creates actually another burden on companies to be able to manage registration and monitoring of their brand name being abused across all of these hundreds of new domains. So I view the top level domain thing not as a solution, but it's actually amplifying the problem. Dave, we've spoken before about the fact that most breaches are traced back to some type of phishing attack, and it's usually a phishing attack that was waged against someone within the organization who had access to sensitive data or servers or systems. So why then is it so difficult for organizations, we can use Anthem as an example, to trace back when or how a breach actually occurred? Tracy, what's happening in these breaches, they are advanced persistent threats, meaning that it's not a smash and grab. It's not, oh, I got your password. I'm logging in in 24 seconds to get into the system and see what I can do. These are much more targeted attacks where people will take days, weeks, or months to stage their attack. So once they get the credentials of the employee, if that employee hasn't noticed this, if they've responded to a phishing email, nothing happens for a week, they'll think nothing of it. Oh, I needed to update my VPN password or what have you. 
whatever the ruse was, the criminals wait. And so nobody's on alert. There's no activity. There's no malicious activity. Your exfiltration filters are not going off. No data is leaving the network. Nobody's worried. Nobody's noticed. Because only one, two, three, four, five emails were sent in, nobody's paying attention to it. They've not noticed. Then the attackers log in, use the credentials once, find some servers that they can get into, plan their attack. They may sit in that network for months before the data actually starts moving, and then they'll take it very, very quickly. And that's when typically these things are detected. Once people detect data flowing out of the network at very high rates from places it shouldn't, and they realize that an employee's actual legitimate password is being used to log into that account. That's when typically detection happens. And this is where on the email side, we need to be strengthening up our monitoring using SPF, using DKIM and DMARC to be able to track and tell when these things are happening. And then stronger authentication once people log in. So even if they steal the username and password of an IT person, they can't get into those critical systems. And then Dave, finally, before we close, can you give us any predictions for 2015? What will phishing look like? Will it be more of the same, or will we see something different? Well, we're going to continue to see more and more targeted phishing. Targeted phishing against not just at the employees, but at their contractors and people who are connected. For example, the target breach started with phishing at a contractor for the company, not directly at an employee. So more and more targeting, more and more use of mobile device targeting. So phishing that is very difficult to detect, for example, SMS texts out to employees telling them to, for example, update a VPN profile or what have you, that type of thing. Today, detection methods are not in place, so you can't tell if someone's been phished on their mobile phone. And we will see in 2015 major breaches where the forensic evidence is going to come back to the use of mobile devices involved in that initial kill chain of attack inside of the company. Excellent information here, Dave. I want to thank you again for your time. Thanks, Tracy. It's always a pleasure. Again, we've just heard from Dave Jevons of the APWG and the founder and CTO of security firm Marble Security. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.